Welcome to an awfully wonderful time. This is your favorite Heartless speaking, and the door has opened to Kingdom Hearts. Welcome to my Kingdom Hearts retrospective show where we revisit the good, the odd, and the supreme darkness of the Kingdom Hearts series. So come, open your heart. This one is quite an interesting one, to say the least. So we last left off our new friend, Aladdin, to wait well, with Genie by our side, which is a very nice upgrade to our team, we have to go and find Jasmine, one of many that we have to find. <laughs> so at this point with Sora, I think he only realizes that. So there's Kyrie. He knows where Riku is now. Um, There's. Well, well I'm a, I almost said I almost said Genie. There's uh, Kyrie. Jasmine and Alice. Those are the only people he knows of right now that are missing. Oh boy. Well, I mean, that's not too big of a difference because there's only, what is that? There's seven. So there's only four that he doesn't know of. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. But after this, we actually have a following scene that takes us to the Legion of Disney villains where it's Maleficent and Hades conversing with Riku. And honestly speaking, I'd say Maleficent lost a heavy hitter, one who probably would have been like the least likely to betray her. I mean, I say this because I feel like they have a thing for each other. I mean, long cloaks, both have staffs, a lot of similarities. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason in my head, Canon, I feel like they just had something like something some kind of tension between the two that could have turned into a romance if someone else had been writing this story <laughs> i don't know so hades comments on how that quote-unquote smarmy vizier could have had him if someone had stuck around to help but wouldn't that have been wild to see riku teaming up with jafar that could have been the advantage honestly the bad guys needed but clearly we see Riku's confliction here. He said he did this part, or excuse me, he said he did his part by bringing in the princess. But I would say at this point he feels betrayed, but at the same time still cares enough for Sora not to really fight him or at least confront him about his feelings. He he keeps it bottled up for some reason and uh, it bites him in the butt. It bites him in the butt. It's so crazy how gullible and just like... Well, stupid Riku is in the first game. Uh, but I can't be mad at it. I mean, we we were all mad at Riku in this game. And then Channing Memories comes around and we realize, okay, he's not so bad. But to be honest, by the end of the game, who was still mad at this guy? I was. And I was like, yay, he's still alive. Oh, wait, he's gone behind this big door with, well, Mickey's with him at least. That's something. He should keep him safe. <laughs> keep each other safe, I guess. But either way. So, Maleficent states that Jafar was beyond help, consumed by his own hatred. I mean, was it? I feel like it was more of a lust for power than anything, but she also goes to say, one should beware of letting it burn too fiercely. She says, what a hypocrite. 
what the heck? I know I say this in every episode, but I just love almost every line. Almost every other line she says comes off like biting her butt in the end. Um, another thing with Hades, how he says, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't look at me. I'm as cool as they come. Really? Really? Y- your head is literally a flame. And I know it's it's a jab. It's it's a it's a um, what what is that word? It's one of those terms where it's uh oh shoot i gotta pause and think about this i can't remember the word irony there he goes one of those irony things because he he can have cool moments but then he just blows his top a lot understandably so understandably so based on his you know perspective on things but either way so they have finally offered riku a gift for helping them they managed to find Kyrie's body, which confuses me because we see Kyrie's body vanish when it comes in contact with Sora. Come to find out, her heart sought refuge within uh, within the likes of Sora's, uh, just like other characters do in the future. Uh, Shion, Ventus, uh, Roxas, technically, because he ended up getting his own heart. Um, although, um, was it? Ventus took, or was it Roxas took Ventus's heart and then grew his own? Either way, he had his own heart eventually. So, yeah, Sora should basically be charging rent for the for this kind of stuff. Just saying. I mean, what is that? That's <laughs> you got Kyrie for a little bit, Ventus for like ten years, <laughs> uh, Roxas, and then Shion. That's four people, man. That's a lot. That's a lot of people to be in your heart for. I mean, granted, Kyrie and Shion weren't in his heart for very long, but Ventus, dude, <laughs> Sora, Sora, you know, he deserves a check or something. I don't know. Either way, I would love for them to talk about that in the future. I really look forward to hearing some interaction between Sora and Ventus, especially um, between those two and also Roxas and Ventus, because I mean, dude. They're literally twins, <laughs> like they're they're brothers, and I think that's going to be really fun to see that interaction in the future. Since we didn't get it much in three, I mean, we did get a little bit in Remind, but it was kind of just a passing thing, and it was it was okay. I mean, in the vanilla three, we got them looking at each other, and like, why why? But there's another dude who looks just like me, and then of course, in three. They got that nice little back and forth, which was pretty cool. I got to play Remind again soon. Anyway, that was pretty cool. Um, but hopefully we'll get more of that in the future. So, they probably explain this is, or excuse me, they probably explain this is how her body was recovered in the Ultimania book. But I haven't gotten that far in it yet. I'm working on it, though. It's a, it's a meaty book. But, like, part of me thinks... If Kyrie is on Captain Hook's ship, does that mean he found her body like drifting in space? And I mean, in Kingdom Hearts, the it's not really called outer space. It's called the ocean between. So I mean, clearly it's not. I mean, it doesn't really look that much like outer space in real life until you get to three. Then it looks pretty close to it. With some exaggerations, of course, the Disney, um, what's it called, the the Disney style to it. But I mean, hey, it's it's fantasy. Why not? 
have something like that. I'm trying to think of the instances like that because we did have some characters. I want to say was it Ventus or Aqua drifting in space at one point, and then Mickey had saved them. But to be fair, they were in their armor, which shields them from darkness and other stuff. And Mickey was kind of protected by that um, that object of power that he had that kind of transported him to a different world. So I don't know. I mean, why not? It's, I mean, as early as this was in the game, none of that stuff was really established yet. So, But I don't know. I got to look into that because I'm really curious about that now. That literally just... In all the years I've played this game, this is the first time this is actually popped in my head like wait why how did they find her body i mean i might have thought about it before honestly but either way it's 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 interesting but this is one of the few mysteries of kingdom hearts that i don't know or don't remember most of the stuff i pretty much understand you know as as long as i've been following the series i would hope so right (laughs) so captain hook tries to come in all cool but every time I see that wig and that Asgard, I can't take him seriously. Just just the wig alone. I'm just like, come on, bro. It's kind of cool, though, because like for some reason, when I saw him walk in, I thought of the way Pirates of the Car- uh, Caribbean 2 ends, where you have Barboza walking down the stairs. Now tell me, where's well, what's become of my ship? And I'm like, oh, that's that that's how you end a movie. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know why. For some reason, I thought of Barboza when I saw... Oh, you know why? You know why? I thought of Barboza because he kind of looked like Captain Hook in uh, Pirates 4. Because he had the wig and all that stuff. He was looking all fancy because he had to blend in with um, the, the... He had to blend in with the um, normal people because, you know, the age of the pirate has changed. I forget how, how that movie went, but that was the one they went up against... Uh, Blackbeard. So, yeah, it was interesting. Crazy to think Pirates is coming back. But, I mean, they, they, they want Johnny back and they signed a big enough check. So, <laughs> anyway. um, Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But, I mean, I don't take Captain Hook seriously until he actually fights. Then I get worried. His boss fight on Proud Mode is no joke. It's no joke. Um, it's not horrible though. It's still fun and it's really cool seeing his, um, swordsmanship. He's like, it's really good, but he says, just remember, this is no pleasure cruise. It won't be a pleasant voyage. And then he winks. So I guess he's trying to be playful, but he's wagging around that hook around like he's, uh, it's almost like he's saying this is, uh, Maybe not that. He's just trying to play games. I don't know. I don't know what to think with this man. I, I, I just met the guy. Or Riku just met the guy, rather. But uh, Riku asks why they're doing this for them. and Or for him, rather. You know, what's the catch? Maleficent just tries to play it off. I mean, what's the catch? <laughs> Shoot, silly boy, you're like a son to me. I only want you to be happy. The way she says it, though, I only want you to be happy. It's like, hmm. Well, at least Riku was able to, you know, kind of sense, you know, he's able to smell the BS in the air um, on her breath. Rather, <laughs> he smacks her hand away like instantly while jumping back and says, I seriously doubt that. And I can't lie. 
one super dope plot twist while I was like putting that putting together the outline for this episode, it just popped in my head like how interesting would it have been if she had admitted or, or, or she had admitted that she was his actual mother and his draw to the darkness finally made it possible to find him and just before his world's demise, you know? So, like, imagine if that was part of why she went on a rampage of darkness across the world, like the Good Fairies, um, or excuse me, comma, like the Good Fairies sent her kid away, like her kid Riku, and away in fear of her getting a strong protege, and where she couldn't track him down. I mean, with some tweaking, this could have been super cool. Now, I'm trying to think, like, it would probably make more sense for them, for the good fairies to maybe have it, have the kids sent to Yen Sid, but this could have been before they met Yen Sid, because the fairies don't really mention anything about Yen Sid in the first, uh, their first, uh, well, back in B- in the BBS days. So this could have happened, like, shortly before BBS, and, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it would have had to, because that's, Riku gets the Keyblade, or he gets that bequeathing bequeath that that sounds weird i'm not gonna say that word again he gets the ability to wield it from terra during the bbs thing so it would have had it would have definitely had to have happened probably a couple years before that so i think it would have been kind of really interesting to see and we don't really know riku's parents anyway i mean we we know Kyrie's grandmother and we know sora has a mom and that's it we heard her voice once and i mean i I drew a fan art of her (laughs) that's pretty much it so i think it would have been really cool if they did that twist uh would it have i think if they like tweaked it a little bit like i said it would have been it would have been potentially very cool to see and then you have this extra dynamic of her trying to prove it Riku trying to figure out, okay, why is this the thing? And it could, and it could also explain why he later has this kind of knack for the darkness. I mean, they don't really need to explain it. I mean, once you just, once you have the power, or once you just tap into that power, you just can use it. Um, but it'd be kind of cool, like showing him have more abilities and just all this cool stuff. Plus, all I can think of right now is Darth Vader and Luke. No, Luke. I am your father. <laughs> not that I not that I would have wanted to see Maleficent say it like that, but I think it would have been actually very interesting. Um, shoot, there's probably a fan, uh, a fan fiction of that out there somewhere. I should look that up. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna look that up soon. Actually, let me look that up real quick. <laughs> okay, so I didn't look for very long, <laughs> but apparently there is a story that uh, mashes together Harry Potter and Kingdom Hearts <laughs> because reasons, I guess. Um, but it does have, apparently, a child of Maleficent. I don't know who it is. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. No one actually has talked about it. I think the most I've seen is just someone talking about, or a few articles asking, like, why Riku would even help Maleficent to begin with and things like that. So... But I'm sure that it's probably out there. It just maybe I just didn't type the right thing because all I did was I typed Riku Maleficent's son fanfic and that was it. So I don't know. 
Maybe I'll look more into it later. Or I could just write my own little snippet, like a paragraph or something of how it would be like a thing and how it could fit in the timeline. Um, like where it is now, I don't think it'd be good. But like if it was revealed back in Kingdom Hearts 1, I think the story could work. If it was like revealed now, it'd be kind of like, eh, Maleficent, that's kind of where you didn't say anything back then. But yeah, so let's move on. Um, so Maleficent does state how she kept her end of the bargain and now he must continue with his. So he leaves without a word. What a development this has gotten to. <laughs> well, with all that crazy uh, information that just happened, you know what time it is? It's time to visit a certain yellow bear with a severe honey addiction. Did someone say intervention? No, but I'm sure many of us were thinking that when we, uh, you know, saw or finally realized Pooh has a very bad addiction to honey. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the inclusions of Winnie the Pooh in 1 and 2. I usually save those worlds for close to the end, uh, mainly because of the, the page mechanic. Um, but uh, this point, or excuse me, I wanted to actually switch things up. And by this point in the game, we actually have a decent collection of the pages anyway. So off we go to Merlin's. I think we only have maybe two two pages but that's enough to start it off for now um i love how sora actually shrinks down and you run along the pages we we find ourselves walking towards a tree trunk by the way on the ground and a certain yellow bear seemingly in a pondering position think 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 he says sora asks what's wrong and puali says how he is thinking of how to say goodbye to well himself <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sora plops a seat beside him, introducing himself. There's something so warm and fuzzy about this introduction, this dialogue they have. I think they did a wonderful job at making Sora the Christopher Robin of this uh, world. And, you know, that's why we never, that's why Christopher Robin, Robin rather, never made an appearance in the series. Although it would have been very cool to see him. Um, especially, like, imagine if we saw him... At the end, like, in 3, imagine if Kingdom Hearts 3's Winnie the Pooh was an actual, like, world and not a fruit. <laughs> what was that game called that they were emulating? It was fr not Fruit Ninja. Um, candy Crush. Instead of being a Candy Crush simulator and actually had a, you know, a full-fledged level. Um, imagine if we had Christopher Robin there. Or, like, if they did um, kind of like the uh what's it called the the newer one that came out where it's even even mcgregor as a as an adult christopher robin that would have been really cool to see i think if we saw him come there and like oh who are you you know finally has access that would have been actually really really fun to see or at least some kind of closure with this world and seeing um you know christopher robin finally appearing but I don't know. I feel like we may still see Winnie the Pooh appear, but I don't know. I mean, it's been a staple for all this time, but the fact that it had such a little inclusion in three, I feel like they were just like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, excuse me. I hope you didn't hear that burp. That sounded nasty. Uh, Pooh mentions how everyone but him has gone away. He reminisces missing the games and walks they'd have, just the time they'd uh, have together, including his favorite honey tree. 
And I do wonder, how do you play poo sticks? Why is it called poo sticks? Uh, the kid in me just wants to laugh every time the name poo is said, honestly. But, yeah, it's just this is one of the games he mentions, and it's just weird. But anyway, Pooh still struggle, struggles to figure out how to say goodbye to himself. But of course, who can think straight on an empty stomach? Certainly not Pooh. So he walks off to find some honey as the logo for the 100 Acre Wood appears. Pooh, without a doubt, has one of the funniest walking animations in the game. Uh, I don't know why. Every time I watch it, I just laugh. But anyway, collecting the pages, um, we find we next find uh, ourselves at Pooh's house. So, and I'm super familiar with this place because growing, I grew up watching the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. But I always wondered, maybe I just forgot, honestly, why does the board above the door say Mr. Sanders? Is that the original owner? Is that Pooh's real name? I mean, I don't know. Entering the house, though, we find Pooh, who is saddened to see there's no honey left in the house. Go figure. Um, he wishes the honey tree would visit, and uh, he then go on to leave. Maybe he's wondering if maybe it is back. I don't know. Maybe his spider senses tingled at the sin realization that the honey tree is back. Um... If you collected the page by this point, I mean, we follow him outside and we run into Al and he says, let me guess, you'd like to know what happens next. I mean, if I was Sora, I'd just be more concerned with who this dude is. Like, no, you guessed wrong. I, I want to know who you are. Like, you just you're right here uh, asking me a question like that. See, you'd like to know what happens next. It sounds like he's about to mug me. Like, who asks that? <laughs> <laughs> just that's so weird like now i can think of now all i can think of is you like to know what happens next and then he just pops out a gun right out of his wing like whoa anyway al is metagaming at this point and tells us not even he knows because of the pages are still missing some of the pages are still missing i want to say there's probably four or five missing still uh, he asks us to find the pages that are scattered along the worlds, but, ow, good sir, by this point in the game, I already have a couple, and I've been, you know, doing just that, because next up is the honey tree. Uh, so might I add, so many beehives on this tree, it makes my skin crawl just looking at it. But on the bright side, we find Piglet, who is, Piglet, excuse me, who is scared of us, and... I mean, to be fair, seeing the perspective <laughs> makes sense. I mean, y you see how you see Piglet looking up at this anime looking character who just looks down at Piglet, doesn't even say anything, doesn't move. He barely blinks. It is kind of intimidating. So I can understand why Piglet would have ran, honestly. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. Um so you, you can't really approach him straightforward. He'll actually just run away from you, even if you just walk. So you have to sneak up behind him. So, of course, you know, he runs around the base of the tree. You just run around the other. You go around the other end and talk to him, and boom. There you are. You're able to talk to Piglet, and you actually overhear that he's looking for Pooh, and he actually has a gift for him. So Piglet also had the same fear that Pooh had disappeared. But with this reunion, Piglet gives uh, Pooh a balloon, that Pooh wants to use just to get as much honey as he can from the bees. 
And this gives us a wild mini game where we follow him. Where we follow him, uh, we scale the tree, jumping from branch to branch, swatting away the bees from getting poo. Um, if it was me, no. <laughs> no. Poo, you have fun. Learn your lesson not to mess with the bees the hard way. I've been stung by a bee. I've been stung by a hornet and a wasp. <laughs> not at the same time, but across the years. I've never dealt with a whole swarm before of any of the sort. I'm good. I don't want to know that pain. And as you can see in this game, the whole hive of each of each uh, honey hive. The whole swarm of each hive, yeah, comes out to get you and poo. So no, even with the keyblade, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> but something I appreciate about this mini game is even if poo gets hit by the bees, it isn't game over like what you would typically expect. Um, he just falls to the bottom, has a new balloon made, and you just keep going for about two minutes and help just collect uh, the honey. So. I forgot if I mentioned it before, too, but you do get to unlock Bambi as a summon if you um, get to talk to the fairy godmother. Or, excuse me, fairy godmother. <laughs> I, I wanted to say fairly odd mother from the fairly odd parents, but clearly that's not the case. Um, so you can do that, and you get Bambi. So Bambi prances around the arena and drops magic orbs replenishing your MP. It's okay. If you if you strategize, it can help you out in pitch in a pinch really well, honestly. Um, I usually just rely on Tinkerbell, honestly, as far as the support come uh, as far as the supports go. But yeah, after you help out with Piglet and them, you I don't know what the next one is. We're gonna we're actually gonna be going to the next either the next page next episode or we're going to Monstro, I think. It's either monster or we're doing Olympus. I forget. Uh, I think because I think the next I think the next Colosseum is around here now too because that's the one where we fight um, Leon and Yuffie. Yeah, I kind of got mixed up, but we'll we'll figure that out next episode. <laughs> it's one of the one of those sorts. Either way, you know we all got to do them, so it's it's still accurate. You know, it's still along that path, but. Just between you and me, as far as the Bambi summon goes, I personally would have preferred Bambi from the Saturday Night Live skit with The Rock. You know, he's got the big cigar and a big gun. <laughs> he's like, it's time for them to pay dearly. <laughs> so, of course, it's Bambi wanting to take revenge for, um, what was it, his mother? Yeah, his mother ended up getting killed by a hunter. So... I think I've only seen two skits of that ever done. I think Mad TV did one a while back, an actual animation of the sort. And then Saturday Night Live did that one with The Rock. So it was pretty great. But yeah, um, this episode was very cool. I, I really do appreciate that we were able to have uh, Winnie the Pooh included in this uh, game. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how many people will actually like the Winnie the Pooh world. I think it's fun. It's a nice little break from the typical action. You know, it has more mini games. And I actually think the mini game inclusion in the series can be very fun. Um, I think a lot of them are very uh, worthwhile as far as like just having something different in the game. But yeah, it's 
it's good. I, fortunately, when it comes to that, it's not like top tier for me for sure, but it's something that I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever forget when it comes to this series. So, um, by the way, the three wishes keyblade, it's pretty nice. It's not my favorite. It's not in my top five of the keyblades. Cause I mean, dude, we get a lot of keyblades in the first game, but it's up there. I think I would say it's top 10, but I, th- I like the one you get in two better. Definitely in two better, but either way, um, I think that's it for this episode. I don't think there's anything else major I wanted to talk about, but yeah, I think that's it. So this has been your favorite Heartless, and until we meet again, there's more to seek. So go forth and seek it. Ah, the curtain call. The door to Kingdom Hearts is closing for now, but never forget... There may be darkness in every heart, but Kingdom Hearts is light. Special shout out to Melanin Senpai on YouTube for producing the dope track used in the intro and the outro here. So do be sure to send Melanin Senpai some love on YouTube by liking, commenting, all that good stuff, subscribing, and the link to their channel is in the show notes below. Um, as long as my other stuff to my link tree to all the other projects I'm working on, like my Instagram, my other podcast, AOK, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, do be sure to give it a rating if possible, subscribe, and or follow, and share it with others so we can spread the darkness, I mean the, the light together, of course. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, do be sure to either send comments or questions via the rating or via Instagram at iam.iescape or at yourfavoriteheartless at gmail.com. Every little bit helps, and I love talking to my listeners. So until the door to Kingdom Hearts opens once again, this has been your favorite heartless. Now come, open your heart.